Welcome to Dwarven Subtlety, a podcast while I'm driving that goes over just some tips and tricks that I have about the game Dungeons and Dragons. Um, so, the thing I was going to talk about today was going to be basically about you know NPCs and non-player characters and how to make them a little bit more entertaining or how to get your characters more involved in their lives. Um, so, the trick that I have used, and I've I, I follow a lot of D&D podcasts. So you may have heard these tips before. Um, so one of the ones that I'll use is I will use NPCs. So I'll just go for like a bunch of different things here. So one of the things I'll do is I'll use NPCs for um, getting players interested in the world around them. And there's a lot of ways to do this. The best one I heard was from uh, Brian Murphy, who does NADPOD. Uh, he was on a another uh, podcast or a vlogcast, whatever you want to call it. Um, with uh, Brendan Mulligan, and in that podcast he had said that there was uh, a witch that was in the village, and uh, one of the players became very friendly with her. They became good friends, um, which was great. You know, that's what you want. You want your players to get that kind of relationship with the NPCs. Um, And she was just goofing off and having fun. And then, of course, they go on their great mission to go and kill the uh, mighty horde of you know, 20 goblins or whatever it was, um, you know, level one missions and stuff like that. You know how those go. Uh, and when they came back, they found the witch had been killed. And originally the story was not about avenging this witch. It was about them becoming friends with the town guards and yada, yada, yada. So because of that, the entire story got completely derailed, but in a really good way. And I appreciate that. I like that. Um, because it sort of taught the players that when I'm not at the village, these NPCs don't just stand around waiting for me to get back. Um, they left, and someone died while they were gone. Um, you know, there was a lot of debate from what I hear about, you know, um, could they have saved her if she was there, or other things along those lines, which I really like. I think that is a a great thing to sort of bring in and having someone die is a great way to sort of encourage that the world goes on around and that that that's one thing i like so sort of think about what the npcs are doing while your players are off doing whatever else they're doing um they're not just sitting there at the blacksmith banging on the anvil waiting for the npcs to come back and you know sell them more swords or whatever you know it's it's that kind of a thing um and you can do that also. I mean, sometimes it's difficult as a DM to keep that in mind. Um, the other thing that I like to do with NPCs is I will have them be sort of like the the extra character of the story. So every once in a while you'll get an NPC that sticks around with a party. And some DMs, they avoid this. I, I get that. Because basically you're playing as a character now. You're, you're now a player. And I've seen some situations where DMs are getting stuck playing like three or four of these characters. And that's a lot to maintain. Um, I get that. That is, that's unpleasant. So I can see where it would be an unfriendly thing, but I like having it. Just because it can sort of, you know, bring an edge into the adventure. Um, One of the things that I saw that I really, really, really liked was 
I had a character who um, got the deck of many things, and he got the card where you get a level four fighter joining you, and that was great. I I, I love that little fighter. Um, we talked about it, and it ended up being a thing where I was going to play that fighter, and I basically just played him like an NPC. He was a very casual participant. But every once in a while, he would do amazing things that would save the party. So we had a situation where we had a TPK. Everyone is out. And this NPC is all that's left. And he's against four guys. He's gonna die. But what he does is he burns his action and his action surge to heal everyone in the party. And he gets them all back on their feet and... They have just enough to get through the, these last four guys. You know, the mage gets up and he basically just level three lightning bolts everyone in the, in, in, in the group there. The healer gets up and he heals up the fighter. The fighter gets in there and he just holds the line while everyone else is fighting these guys from distance. And it worked out perfectly. So that NPC, he actually ended up dying in that campaign or in that, uh, that instance because after he healed them, he, he got murdered uh, he got like really really murdered and the players it's sort of like i was saying with that witch with um with uh, brian's game the players really enjoyed that because it was that thing where like you know the, he sacrificed himself to bring us back to life to to save the day and they ended up the next session was his funeral and it was beautiful these these players did my work for me that session. I had a session planned. Um, we were going to continue on with, uh, you know, they, they cleared out that, uh, strong, strong, uh, stronghold or whatever. Yeah. Stronghold. They'd cleared out the stronghold and they were going to go back to the village. And instead, instead of going back to the village, they said that they wanted to travel to his hometown and they wanted to bring him home. And they had figured out where his hometown was because he was from the world. He basically was, you know, after he draw the character through the card, he showed up. And it was a really good, you know, it was a good little setup. Um, and so he had a hometown that was nearby, sort of. It was like a four-day travel or something like that. But this is a world the size of the United States, and they're on horseback. So a four-day travel is like maybe 100 miles, you know. So they ended up uh, going back to this guy's hometown, and... They threw him a beautiful funeral. You know, they, they had a lot of gold on them and they just, no expenses spared. They gave his son his sword and they did this whole thing. It was amazing. And um, so I basically put the entire adventure on hold for them to finish this. And so they get back um, a week after they were supposed to have been back already. And I let them know that the world continued. So these bandits who had been marauding marauded the, the village and they had to free the village and i just made it a simple thing you know it was, it was basically they took over the village that they were trying to protect <coughs> excuse me and um they they did a really good job of it i was really happy with that um but i made it you know not difficult you know i think at the time they were like level eight or nine somewhere around there so they were they were strong dudes and i made these guys basically bandits um, I had one bandit captain, and I beefed him up a little bit, but they walked right through that that entire thing. And they had, you know, I let them know that 
you know, the, this fight seemed easy because they have the renewed vigor of how dare you disgrace our fallen comrade by battling their way through here. And of course they had just murdered like, you know, 30 of their people. So, you know, there's that too. So, you know, how dare you? Anyway, <laughs> I love looking at my players like they're morons and they, they, they love me for it. It's okay. So that was the other thing I like about it. You know, sometimes you want to have the DM run a character and you can get some really good responses out of that. Um, the other thing that I will do is I'll, of course, have NPCs um, be sort of like roving shopkeepers. I have a character um, that I have been using since um, that uh, campaign I did back when I was in the army, the the, uh, the army campaign where we didn't have anything. So that was Merrywine the Satyr. And he was a satyr who traveled in and out of the mortal realm and the Feywild. He did it pretty regularly. And he always had trinkets. It wouldn't be what the players might want at the time, but I always made sure it was something that they would end up needing. So it would be like, you know, um, they'd ask me if you like, oh, do you have any plus one great swords? He's like, no, no, I don't carry steel. And, but I do have this uh, enchanted ring of water walking. And a few times... It was entertaining because I, I brought him into that campaign maybe four times uh, in the six weeks we played. And the first few times they disregarded his items as basically junk. They're shop food. They're the stuff that, you know, you wouldn't really need. You're a powerful fighter. What do you need a ring of water walking for? Uh, but then the next day, they would need that ring of water walking. I always made sure that they, they needed what he had, and I planned it out that way. If you didn't buy it, now you have to deal with not having it. Um, and after, I think it was like, I think it was, I can't remember if it was the second time or the third time, they finally realized we need to buy this stuff. As so they bought all of this stuff. And I made sure that they used all of it. And they had a lot of fun. It was, you know, a little bit easier. Uh, but I've brought Mary Wine into pretty much every campaign that I have run. I love Mary Wine. He is very entertaining, very drunk um, character. And. He is just, he's one of those characters that you as a DM love. Um, I love a lot of my NPCs, but him, he's probably my favorite. So, so that's one thing. I'll have them be like the merchants and stuff like that. Um, in the campaign I'm building right now, the Modern Arcana one, uh, I actually have an NPC who can uh, break um, curses on items while retaining their powers. Uh, for a fee, of course. And then I have another NPC who can enchant spells onto items if you have that scroll. So it's kind of fun. So if you have, like, you know, uh, Flame Grasp, you, they can make it a, a Flame Sword, basically. Um, or, or, or things along those lines. And then, you know, the rule is simple. You speak the sword's name and the power exists. So it's a lot of, it's, it's a lot of fun. I like that one. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, I haven't done a character like that before, but I've seen the necessity for it. And I've seen other DMs who had like the curse breaker character and stuff. Um, but I want to make it so it's accessible because a lot of times you get these cursed weapons and cursed items and you're just like, oh, oh, this sucks. I gotta, I can't wear this because if I do, I'm going to turn into a, you know, mithril dragon or whatever the hell the curse is, or I'm going to become ancient, you know, stuff that would basically ruin your character. 
Uh, by the way, I have a really gnarly cold right now, so you probably can hear my voice is cracking and horrible right now. That's okay. I don't mind. Um, so if I stop and pause, it's because I'm trying to get some moisture back in my mouth. I have, oh, it's lovely. Um, the other thing, so let's see, so we have things we like to do with NPCs. I like the, having them be very utilitarian. I like having them be, you know, the shopkeepers, DM run NPCs that are part of the party. Um, and then having your NPCs drive the story in ways your characters aren't expecting. So those are the three big ones I can think of sort of off the top of my head, but I still have about another 10 minutes till I'm home. So I'm sure I can think about some other stuff here. So NPCs, um, generating NPCs, let's go with that one there. So to generate NPCs effectively, a lot of times what I will do is I will base them off the situation they're in. So I'm going to go ahead and continue on with my modern adventure there. So one of the characters that I needed to have was going to run uh, the shop that builds cars. Because cars are going to exist in this world. Um, and I wanted to think of who would build cars. So I basically have this gnome and engineer uh, woman. Um, but I've kind of had fun with this one. So she is a gnome engineer. She could build a car, but she doesn't. She owns a corporation. She is Henry Ford. She is not Dave, who works on the floor. She is, she's Henry. So, oh, sorry, my, I charge scooters for bird and they like to beep. <laughs> so um, the idea here is she's going to be um, a very knowledgeable businessman. Uh, so she's part of the uh, merchant, uh, merchants branch of the, of the government. Uh, which, of course, the merchants are the highest form of government. Um, and she's going to be like one of the main characters there. She's, she has a lot of charisma. She's got a lot of intelligence. Um, she has good dexterity. You know, I just basically sort of figured, what do I need to make this character? If she were a player character, how would she progress? Um, so high-level characters, I'll do that for. I'll actually usually even roll out a character sheet for them. Um... In fact, I think in this adventure I have six characters, six or seven, that have character sheets. Um, and I'll actually break those down into monster sheets once I, uh, once I ironed out. Oh, excuse me. Um, let's see here. Um, so yeah, that right there I think is a really good thing. For lower characters, I'll use the monster manual and I'll adjust stats where I need to. So, um, this world is... It's so like I said yesterday, it's sort of like Zootopia, where the carnivores and the prey live in harmony together. I like that idea. I think that'd be a lot of fun. So you'll have drow walking down the street with goblins and elves and humans and dwarves and gnomes and halflings and vampires, dear lord, vampires and uh, lichens, and all sorts of things. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. Um... Lichens and vampires and waverns, oh my. Uh, well, maybe not waverns. Um, and there actually is going to be an area that's just designated for dragonkin and the like. So there's going to be like a... Um, I, I decided I'm going to split this up into four regions. So there's going to be the desert region, the tundra region, the um, sort of like uh, 
low plains region where it's, you know, grass-like. Uh, and that's where most of the city is going to be located at. And then lastly, I'll have the uh, forest and islands sort of tied together, uh, similar to Zootopia. Uh, and then across the water, there's going to be an island that is sort of like, I'm, I'm going to call it New Underdark. Um, and then the last island is the, um, the, the Ju Justice Island. That's where basically you go on before you go to the penal colonies. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the idea I have for the city. So each of these NPCs are going to be, they're going to have their home base, but they're going to go everywhere. So you are going to see drow in the desert land. You are going to see them in the forest. You're going to see halflings in the underdark area. And they're safe areas. They're patrolled by the, the government, military, the, you know, the domestic military, I think I called them police basically um so these npcs that i have here i'm basically pulling them out of the monster manual um as they are and then i'll make small adjustments if i need to so what i mean by small adjustments let's say so we have a let's say i have a bugbear um i don't have the stats in front of me right now i'm driving but let's say we have a bugbear and we're gonna have that bugbear be a He's going to be a businessman and he's going to own a tailor shop because in the capital, anyone can be anything. God, the Zootopia thing's getting away from me. Um, so let's say we have this bugbear who's a tailor. So he is going to, he's going to be intelligent. He's going to have the strength, but he's not going to be the big bruiser bugbear. He's going to be the one who, you know, he's got the spectacles on, and he's got some, you know, uh, gray streaks in, uh, in his temple, and, you know, he's a tailor. He's not a fighter. He'll, he'll completely mess you up if you try to fight him. He's still a bugbear, but that's not what he is. That's not who he is. And so I'll do that a lot of times. Um, and that character I just made up, the bugbear, completely out of whole cloth. I had nothing before... I started saying. In fact, I didn't even know what race he was until I said bugbear. <laughs> um, but I'll develop a story around them. And as I'm developing the story, I will jot it down in my notes about that part of town, that shop that he owns, and his name, his description, everything about him that I can think of as I go along. And I'm basically, I'll just be looking at my players while they're trying to figure out what they want to do, and I'll be typing out, you know, that description information. So I can pull it up later if I need to. Um, and I'm not going to give out, you know, I'm not going to like write out his stats and stuff. I'm going to say, you know, Bugbear, this is his name. This is his shop. Um, he looks like this. Simple stuff. Uh, things that he said that might come back that'd be important. I'll definitely mark that down. But <clears throat> other than that, I'm pretty relaxed. Um, so I am pulling up to my house now. I'm done for my night. Um, uh, as far as it goes, NPCs, the uh, the non-player characters in your game, they should really be doing a lot of work as far as it goes. This is one of your main parts as a DM. So building the world or having the world around you, you can buy a book and have the world around you. But the book is going to have these NPCs in it. And you need to know who they are. So that is actually one of the things I will do also is when I'm setting up a campaign like that, I'll get a list of all the NPCs and figure out who they are. You know, I'll, I'll give little backstories to everyone in the story 
that isn't just a nameless goblin. <laughs> um, but anyway, I'm pulling up to my house now, so this has been Dwarven Subtlety. Stay subtle, my lads.